happy world tourism day to all of you on this occasion we are going to talk about tourism in this episode i have prerna she was a founding chairperson of india's first student chapter pacific asia travel association at first university currently she is a talent engagement lead at talent basket she manages a diverse workforce of young professionals we have talked about tourism the different opportunities in tourism industry networking how can one network with the right people leadership skills how can one learn leadership skills Hi Prerna, how are you? Hi, I'm good. How are you? I'm fine. Welcome to the podcast. I'm so glad that you've invited me here today. I'm so glad. Thank you so much for coming. We are going to talk a lot about tourism, networking, leadership, and your journey. I am super excited, especially the fact that we are talking about tourism, right? While we, I mean, we're just two days away from celebrating World Tourism Day, so I think it's the right time for us to talk about it as well. Exactly, the right time. So, how was your journey of leading India's first Pata student chapter? My journey was nothing less but an adventure. because when i first started this it was something not just new for me but for everybody around me because pata as an organization it's a such a important organization within the industry we've always seen it and heard of it but establishing one for ourselves felt like a bigger milestone that we were achieving so i think i'm very proud and privileged to be the first chairperson of this esteemed organization that's that's so exciting you know the word india's first defined it itself yes it's always going to be there is going to always have a special place in my heart and yeah. just knowing that it will open opportunities for the future generation the future young professionals just makes me very happy about it so you already planned to be in tourism industry or it just went with the flow i think it was a planned decision for myself because a lot of people have stereotypes about Oh, so you're going to be a travel operator, or you're going to work with the airlines? Um, so are you going to take us on uh, trips? So a lot of people have these misconceptions and would often comment about this. But I think I came with a perspective where I wanted to work towards preserving the cultural heritage as well as these beautiful uh, heritage sites of the country. I would say. Okay. So that was completely planned. Yes, it was. I wanted to make sure that everybody can see the beauty that India holds, not just the beauties of the popular places such as the Taj Mahal or you know the Gateway of India, but even the less known places around the country. Okay, that's that's so fascinating. So, um, you have uh, faced some kind of issue or some kind of troubles while pursuing it. I think. the support and the trust my parents showed to me was my biggest strength to not just face all my classmates because at the end of the day we are all competitors achieving for the best you know job opportunities best opportunities in the industry as whole and just listening to these stereotypes from my near and dear ones was one of the challenges and even when i started the pata student chapter my own classmates didn't really believe in me that i would actually make it happen so i i think i went with the mantra and i always, like even now i often quote it saying that nothing is impossible to a willing heart i think that's what kept me going through the challenging times yeah. when i started 
so uh, what were the reaction of your classmates or of your teachers when you started it when i started when we initially launched it my classmates had a reaction they were like oh we're just graduating next year like this is going to be the first year when you're leading it how will you have the time we won't be able to have much events because i mean we're all going to be busy with our final exams placements and dissertation and things like that you know so they were not really proactive to support the initiative that was started whereas my professor my head of the department was actually one of my biggest strength where he motivated me and encouraged me he just supported me so when we used to, i used to go to him like sir this is what you do he's like okay like he would often have co uh, comments on you know this does not suit with the way the department does but i think i was persistent so he would often times just give into it and be like i i remember i talked with him earlier last week and he said that you know first he was just trying to test if i was really passionate about it and by the time i graduated he was really proud that i was persistent to achieve and this and it came from a selfless heart where i did not want to do this for myself but for all the students of the department yeah. and it's honestly a milestone because we launched the student chapter in during the 20th year of our department yeah. so it was like a cherry on the top to celebrate 20 years of the tourism department at christ university oh that's that's great and uh, you left an impact on others on the coming people in the, on the people who are coming in this industry that they will remember you for this yes i do feel in a way that you know i have made an impact and i plan on keep i mean going forward with the same energy and enthusiasm to always inspire people within the industry like not i mean i can't say professionals because i, I am just a 21 year old fresh graduate with a dream to be part of this industry but definitely the students I remember I wrote this a uh, few months ago on my LinkedIn where I talked about the stereotypes and the challenges that we as tourism students face when, especially when COVID hit, a lot of people were like, you know, your career is doomed. You still have the time to change your career, take a gap year and do something different. A lot of people, I told you there is no point being part of the industry. So it was not just me who faced it. So when I wrote that particular uh, LinkedIn post, I had a lot of students who reached out to me that you know. hey thanks for you know just validating our emotions or thank you for you know giving us a strength to overcome this yeah. so that was i think a really important that made me realize that i am making a difference i'm making an impact on how people see the industry exactly a lot of like myths are there related to tourism industry like the most of the people that have so that's why the our well wishers suggest us not to go uh, in this industry or stuff like that so uh, can you elaborate some myths around this industry one of the biggest myths we do know that google has all our answers and a lot of people think that you don't need a degree to be part of the tourism industry you just going to show us the to uh, tourist sites right we can see that on google itself and find our way google has made everything easier so a lot of people think but then to be an official tour guide in a lot of countries you need an official license for it you have to study very hard like in certain countries like malaysia or something you need to work for 7 years before you can get a tour guide license so those are some of the myths some people said that you know as an air hostess all you do is you know you just uh, if you become an air hostess you going to uh, get to just travel the places but that's not it they don't understand that air hostess actually go through the troubles where sometimes they have to report immediately at like for like 3 am flights or you know midnight flights sometimes they just have to be on standby and they don't know where they are flying sometimes they just they report for their duty and go back home directly because they did not have to you know 
uh, be a substitute for somebody and things like that. So a lot of these myths where people think that it's very easy to be part of an industry. But just like any other industry, this is not an easy career choice. We are defining how people will look at us as a nation, as a culture, and how long will our culture sustain, I would say. So we have a big responsibility exactly. to preserve. You are representing the whole country. Yes. We have a huge responsibility, I always say, to preserve and promote our heritage. So um, what do you think about young people coming in the tourism industry? What should they expect from the industry? The industry is constantly changing. So they need to keep up with the times. They need to explore their own choices. They need to understand that the industry is not, it's, it's a huge industry, but there are people who are connected. The industry is very connected yet so, you know, so big and diverse. So they need to explore what are the different career options. I think one of the biggest issues with the Indian tourism, like in terms of the student side of it is we don't really know what are career options. So we just think and stick to the stereotypical job opportunities. But then there are opportunities such as sustainability managers, something that nobody really knows, knows about. There are like, you know, destination researchers. So there are a lot of these opportunities that we're unfamiliar with. So unless these young professionals are willing to uh, seek discomfort and move outside their uh, safe space to understand that how the industry works on an international level, only then they will be able to take ideas and implement some of these ideas at the domestic level, I would say. So understanding the industry is a basic thing. Like everyone coming in this industry first, he or she should understand it and understand the job opportunities in it. So. Uh, what are some of the job opportunities? So as I mentioned before, before, I mean, even two years ago, I think I, my basic understanding was, okay, so there are airline opportunities, in hotels there are opportunities, and maybe I can work, I, I had this vague idea that, oh my God, I think I can work with like the tourism boards to, uh, you know, be do the research for them. But have you seen how with COVID-19 situation, so many destinations have actually gone on their social media platforms? and actually have these two pages now where they're writing contents, where they are, you know, posting pictures of these destinations, uh, helping people understand how the culture works in these destinations. So just even in terms of the marketing, the industry, uh, the area of marketing has just evolved so drastically. First, we were very used to seeing, you know, big banners, advertisements, but now we see that, you know, there are influencers promoting our tourist destinations. We are seeing how normal people were creating, you know, uh, user-generated content and allowing people to be featured on these platforms. There are so many online tour operators now, or uh, travel agents. So it's it's a constant process where we need to constantly keep uh, learning and keep adapting to it. Because the minute we stop studying about it, the minute the industry you know will change. So if somebody thinks that you know, oh my god, once I have a degree and I start in a career A as an option, like for example, if I start as, then just say. Uh, tour uh, tour operator or even like a social media marketing person for uh, a destination, we they need to still keep learning on understanding on how other destinations are promoting themselves and constantly uh, just evolve with it. Exactly. So uh, like upgrading oneself, like growing every time is so much important in this industry. I yeah. feel like it's applicable for all other industries also, but it is a uh, tourism industry is growing nowadays. I mean, it's it's just a start. It's just in like beginning of the industry. Yes, and a lot of theory books in other industries you might find you know theories and books to refer back to. Yeah. But within the tourism industry, 
you might realize that some of these books might not be relevant anymore because that's not how the industry is now these books were written 20 25 years ago but it's nothing like what the books say now so it's like literally going on the internet and learning learning from the professionals of the industry yeah. networking is become an important part of the journey for student to being a young professional so uh, as you said networking uh, has become the most important part so while leaving india's first tata student chapter you must have learned and experienced the need of networking yes so while yeah. the aim of the tata india student chapter was to provide holistic development which meant that we invite industry professionals to come share industry knowledge with our students help them discover career options give them opportunities to take a leap within uh, within their own careers networking became a very important aspect for me as the chairperson which meant that i would have to research about different you know career options myself or you know different uh, roles of the industry so to make sure that you know every bit every person within the department or within the chapter community is able to say that hey because of the student chapter i was able to network with somebody whom i see as a potential you know career role model so networking was a very important fact and i think as young professionals we are very scared to go on linkedin and just network with people but recently i have seen so many young students have started networking i don't think when i was in my first year i actually was even on linkedin but now i see so many first years as well who are taking on linkedin connecting with people uh, constantly connecting with people and creating their own content to create a brand for themselves so that's something really important yeah. and a lot of recruiters right now look for people through ne networking only so uh, networking has a, like a lot of benefit one of them is you get to know about the role model what do you want to be or in a, that is in a particular field or a particular job and you can get different opportunities as we as said as it is said that right opportunities come when you have right people around you so that's that's really important to have i definitely agree so the current role i am in i work as a talent engagement lead at talent basket and it's definitely been a work a lot of hard work to reach where the position i am at but i think it was to the right opportunities that i accepted and because of the right people i had around me at that time through networking yeah so uh sometimes during the networking there are some uh, like there could be some embarrassing situations also so what do you think that some do's and don'ts while networking with different people one of the do's one of the do's i would say is at least read about the person you're going to meet you can't just be like hey uh just you can't take assumptions about anybody you have to be very careful so before you are for example if you're going to go to an event make sure to uh, check the guest list so you can uh, go on linkedin and find for the people you're going to attend and identify at least five people that you want to talk interact with during the event so always have something as a conversation starter so you can be like hey uh, you know oh, for example if i had to do it to you i'll be like hey muskan i see that uh, you run a podcast called we exception and that can be a conversation starter for you for the two of us so finding conversation starters before the event is very important because that will help and one of the don'ts i would say is don't is don't be afraid nobody is going to eat you alive don't be afraid because you never know this person might remember you and that would be just you know a good opportunity in future 
or some people might not remember you because you know when we go for events we meet so many people so it's really difficult to keep track of all the people we've met so just don't be afraid uh, don't be afraid just give it a shot do your best and let go with the flow flow i think i always go by the saying which is failure is an option fear is not so i mean if i'm going to ask a professional a question i'm either going to get a yes or a no if it's yes which means i have achieve my goal of understanding a new thing that i was confused about and if it's no i am at least going to be satisfied that at least i tried but if i was too afraid to even give it a shot i would not have the two options of you know succeeding or failure so i think it's a very important quote um while while we network with different kind of people uh while we deal with a lot of people this something that people can misunderstood about misunderstand about us so uh, is that happened to you like what something people seem to misunderstood about you so this is a very funny incident that happened during the parta annual summit in 2019 we were about 32 of us from 14 different countries and the first day the first morning of the event a lot of people had assumptions that you know as an indian i'm going to be the last person to walk out or be at the event and i actually had three people who were like you're on time i'm just like yeah because the event starts at 9 so a lot of people had a misunderstanding or a misconception that you know indians are always late so i think certain people have misconceptions the way we present ourselves or just because of the way we look the cultural background we come from so every each of us you know we judge the person by its first appearance i would say so even like that i have faced a lot of mis uh, you know misjudgments about me I think one of it is that my accent is funny. I'm just like, what do you mean by funny? Define funny for me. Your accent, my accent might must might not be normal for you, but I mean that's just how I talk. There is no standard way of saying that I need to talk in a British accent or need to talk in an American accent. So a lot of people have these misunderstandings, or a lot of people sometimes in a global forum also tell me that sometimes you talk too fast. So this is something I'm trying to work on myself. where i talk on a very lower pace i try my best i'm learning each day but i don't let these misconceptions define who i am as a person exactly that that was really good and uh, you are just now you have tried to slow your pace while <laughs> yeah it was a yeah. reminder to us i have to talk slower so that you can understand what i'm saying <laughs> so uh while like ha- you handle different teams around the globe so um it isn't an easy task to do like but handling teams and doing with teams has a lot of difference like uh we can do a lot of big things with team and uh, with team it is easy to achieve something big so what do you think how do you handle teams I think my mantra to handling team is I draw line between professional and personal life. So when I'm not working with my teams, they know that you know they can be completely uh, what do you say free with me. They don't have to have any boundaries. And even when we are working, I have a very simple policy with all my team members: is if I am going wrong, you can call out on me. And the working in teams one of the most important thing is to understand that we are working towards one common vision so when we have 
disputes because all of us come from different culture and you know just have a different way of doing things fights are going to happen but we need to constantly remember that you know it's us against the problem and not against us against each other Yeah. So that keeps our moral, and I do like when I'm because at talent basket I work with you know teams across the globe. So apart, like we try finding time outside our work hours where we can all just sit together and talk about some of these cultural differences that each of us have to better understand the other individual, and I think that helps. Yeah, even respecting others' culture also helps. Like, uh, if you want your culture to have respect, you should respect others' culture. No? Yes, one of the funniest thing is please is a very common word that we use in the Indian context in culture. So every time we want something, someone to do something, we just be like, "Hey, please, can you do this? Please, uh, can you pass me the book?" Yeah. And I realize when I'm working in a global culture, please is not a form of you know request. You can just if you need somebody to do something, you can just use other words like you know, could you please do this? I mean, again, sorry, I used please. Mm-hmm. That just comes because of my culture. <laughs> Content yeah. and this is something working on again. Where I be like, uh, may I have this? Could you do that? So using uh, where I'm not, please not using please as a word of begging because that's how in a culture, you know, global context it's seen. If somebody has to do something, I do. I should not be saying please. It is their duty and their responsibility, so they need to take actions for what they have committed to. Okay. So, and globally, we don't say please. We just. tell about the whole yeah. other thing we want and uh, it's the other person responsibility to do it for us yeah because that's something that we consciously decided and come to mutual agreements on right nobody had forced the person to take up that particular task it was their own uh, decision to do so so when they are not doing the task on time or they are missing the deadlines we don't have to go running to them saying that please can you do this we're going to come in trouble we just be like you are supposed to do, do this when can i have it Yeah, I there's a thin line between being rude and you know being respectful. So we think that you know if you if you use the word please, we're going to be more respectful. But that's not it. The way we present the sentence shows that you know we are being respectful to the person, yet you know being very affirmative as a leader to let them know that what are the things that we want from them. I'm pretty sure you have that leadership skill to start the India's first Patas chapter. student chapter so what do you think about that like uh, a lot of people have misconception that it can't be learned leadership skills can't be learned so what's your take on that how do you learn it and how can other others learn it i think leadership can definitely be learned it comes from being proactive and being optimistic and being neutral about any situation so as a leader i have to constantly remind myself that i cannot have biased opinions about any individual or any event so that that takes a very important being proactive where i i am willing to take charge saying that hey this is what you're going to do and this is how you're going to do but i'm not going to uh, put my decisions or my opinions like i want to force my opinions on others i'm going to be be very respectful and say that uh, so this is what i think we should be doing but if anybody has a better suggestion you know we can go forward with that as well so leadership is definitely a quality that comes from within but it can also be nurtured according to me so uh it's a part of like we should respect others ideas also a perfect leader is that which respect others also which don't like which isn't egoistic about his or her position rather than 
he or she the leader is working with the uh, people he uh, have like the team he has yes i think that's something uh, i have learned over the years where every time i am given a position of leadership i see that that you know it's not me telling them what to do it is us doing it together because it is a common goal that we are trying to achieve as a team so whenever i'm working in team i know that there is no hierarchy like even when if my current workspace i don't think anybody calls me as team lead like some of them just out of uh, nature might end up calling me boss and funny enough because they think my name pronunciation is really difficult so they just address me however they want so i think that comes it's everybody can choose their own leadership style for me as a leader i am i'm not an aggressive leader neither am i a passive leader i am a mix of both so when i have to be firm in terms of the deadlines i do take these decisions and make these calls saying that hey this is not done and i want this to be done but when uh, when we are making decisions for the team i ensure that all of us are involved in the decision making process that's that's something interesting like uh, it is a a main point or a key point for any leader to respect the, their team members ideas also and it is also said that when some ideas are given to us to implement we don't do it perfectly and uh, if the ideas came from our own mind we do it more perfect like we do it with more joy or like you understood i understand what you meant yeah. but i think i i don't see it that way because at the end of the day as i said before as well that we are all working towards one common goal so yeah. it does not matter who the who's the one proposing the idea as long as we can we are able to efficiently achieve our goal that's what matters to most to me and i think over the years as a student leader growing up and even when i was leading the student chapter or even now that i'm in my role i feel that as a leader i don't want to be the one i mean i am definitely the one with the responsibility of my team but i want my team members to also share the responsibility with me so i don't want them to be in a situation where if i go if i'm not there some day they don't know what to do so i think with my teams i make sure that everybody is taking turns being the leader themselves yeah and this is a skill that people should inculcate from the very young age so i also volunteer at my local church uh to teach kids and it's very funny cuz uh, i started off this practice and now i see so when i started off this practice it was that every time we have a class i want one person to be the leader and help me you know take the attendance help me uh, read out the messages from the chat box because we were doing our classes online oh. so first my kids were really hesitant or you know taking that role and the responsibility to do so yeah. but over the past few months i've seen that these kids now themselves have developed that leadership quality well now that they proactive turns they let me know that okay so i'm going to be the one who's going to read out the chats today so these are little little things that we can have everyone taking accountability for at a very young age like uh, yes you started so at yes. what age do you had that skills i think i was always a very bubbly outgoing child and i was a very proactive kid growing up so I, as long as i can remember i was always like i started off from being a class monitor to you know then taking a bigger roles and everything so even during my 10th grade i was the speaker of the school for the school parliament so i've always liked taking up leadership roles but over the years my leadership style has changed i have understand a deeper meaning of what is it being a leader and how should i lead my team and i learn every single day honestly 
I never say I'm perfect. We're all human with flaws. So even yeah. when I'm onboarding a new leader, a new uh, project manager on my on, on the team, I always show them the examples of the faults that I have made when I was in their position, to give them more assurance that you're not. I mean, we're gonna make mistakes, but let's just try working out on these mistakes and ensure that you know it's gonna be one mistake a week. So often, Jogam just like it started with one mistake a week, but I ensure that the same mistake is not repeated next week. So my team leader always laughs about it, but she knows that you know I'm trying my best. So if I made a mistake this week, I will try not to make the same next week. I might make a new new mistake next week, but it's not going to be the same. Yeah, and that's learning, my goal. Yeah, learning from the previous one and doing another yes. one and learning again. Yes. So I always joke. I'm just like you make mistakes, not the same one as last week. We'll all work work it out. Don't worry. Yeah. so what's your plan now what are you planning for your future or what are you focusing these days i think life does not always go how we plan it so currently i'm just taking things slow because i was honestly supposed to go earlier this month to spain for my future studies i was supposed to study sustainable tourism destinations and regional planning but due to covid and everything around it just the plan has been cancelled it's been postponed to next year so i'm just taking things slowly i am enjoying my current role working to a you know working to build a better platform for young professionals where they can excel and decide what they want to do with their own future so yeah i'm just taking life as slow as i can enjoying my time at home learning new things every day yeah enjoying the little things make life worth living yes i think at a point i was definitely a workaholic where because i was taking up so much on my plate so i've started taking things slow where while i was just i mean when i was like still studying i was like i had my classes to take i had my student chapter to run most importantly i was also working in my current position which gave me very little time for myself because back then i was also studying to you know go for my spain i it was like you know god telling me that you know it's good that you're planning but don't over plan things i just wanted things to go my way so i realized that you know now i started realizing that i need to take things slow so for the last two months every weekend i would make sure that i detox completely so i don't respond to any work emails i do not i tend to not work on the weekends now otherwise my i mean as an indian we tend to work and overwork ourselves it's very common yeah and the burnout the burnout happened yes. during yeah. yeah so i was like no i'm not going to work out work during the weekends i actually started going out dancing each week so every sunday for an hour i would just go dancing that was my way of you know just taking things slowly and learning a new skill along the way exactly learning on skills learning different skills have a lot of benefits like we can discover ourselves we can explore something new yeah that's interesting so uh, this is a special question if you could turn back time and talk to your 18 year old self what would you tell her like it could be anything doesn't matter it is related to the theme it could be any life lesson that you have learned throughout through your experience i think i would say it is uh first and foremost it's going to be worth it there were a lot of times where i thought of just giving up on everything because nobody believed in me so i'm just going to be like i all i need to do is just believe in myself crying is not a solution i mean and crying is not a sign of weakness it's okay to be vulnerable but i have to you know pick myself faster than i did so when i was back then when i would feel in my most vulnerable points i would tend to you know take flight back home it was a very expensive uh, way of you know recovering <laughs> from my sadness honestly yeah. 
but yeah crying is not a solution i'm constantly going to face issues so i need to keep up with my motto which is nothing is impossible for a willing heart and failure is an option fear is not so just keep going and don't overplan things just don't in take things slowly god is planning for us yes obviously plan some planning is important but over planning can like break our heart if things doesn't happen the way we want yes. i think i definitely uh, went through that phase when things didn't go according to my plan i was really really upset so which is why i mean i let i make the necessary requirements and i let god lead my way yeah you gave a lot of insightful facts to our listeners i am glad i hope that if anybody has any questions on how to start kick start early as young professionals cuz i started when i was in my second year so if anybody has any questions they can always reach out to me on my linkedin as well thank you so and much don't be most welcome i'm happy to be here i'm so all the best for everything that we exception holds in the future thank you so much this means a lot